Welcome to Grow Up, insights on how businesses can use technology to grow better. Please welcome your hosts, Jason Parkinson and Mark Hammer. It's the Grow Up Podcast. Hi, it's Jason Parkinson. And as always, I'm Mark Hammer. And uh, as always, I'm probably listening to this episode in my shower right now on a Tuesday <laughs> morning. That just tends to be how this works. Right? Hey, shower pods. Those are <laughs> those are great. I know. Hey, uh, so today we're actually going to be talking a little bit about how do you find time for your own um, things in your own business, working kind of on your business instead of just working in your business, especially when you serve other clients. Yeah, if you're a B2B company, it can be very easy to obviously get caught up in client work. And sometimes you tend to neglect some of the things that make your own business uh, appear credible to your prospects. Yeah, it's so important, especially when you start thinking about like IT companies, anybody who's in kind of a managed services type world, I think could really uh, you know benefit from some of this information today. Yeah, I agree. So we're going to dive in right after the break. Grow Up is a service of One Fire. Growing your business doesn't have to be hard. Partnering with One Fire on the strategy, technology, and services that your company needs to succeed is easier than you may think. Learn more and get Get started today at onefire.com. That's O-N-E-F-I-R-E.com. Welcome back to the Grow Up Podcast. So let's just be honest here. If you are a CEO or you're in charge of the delivery of, you know, a service to a specific set of customers, oftentimes it is easy to overlook your own internal actions. Let's just for example, like a, uh, a contract janitorial company, right? Mm -hmm. They are designed from the ground up to make everybody else's business completely clean. Trash is emptied every night. Floors are vacuumed. But I don't know if you've ever, you know, looked inward at, you know, the warehouse where they store all of this this (laughs) stuff, but it's not in, you know, maybe is in good of shape because that kind of falls on the back burner. Oh, of course you want to, you want to devote your time to the things that are going to make you money. Right. And, and in the, in the here and now, yeah, that win. is serving yeah. the clients. Long term, though, you may be leaving some money on the table by not taking care of your own house. Yeah, it's just important that you start looking at some of the you know marketing actions that you're doing and maybe what's collecting dust because you just don't have time to get to it. It's not that you don't have the talent or the right people, um, but maybe it's just a situation where you're saying, you know what, I, I know that I need to be updating you know, a video on my website, but I'm too busy serving my other customers to deal with that right now. So it can wait. Right. Right. And it can wait, can turn into, oh, I'll <laughs> get to the website in in the next month. Ooh, uh, that next month's not so good. How about the next six months? Whoops, it's three years later and that website looks ancient. I know. A good example of this, and when we talk about IT service providers, what's interesting, a lot of managed service providers, which is a world that we know pretty well, a lot of IT folks, you know, they're very good at keeping the security up to date in their own organization, but also for their customers, recommending software changes, protecting their customers from viruses, doing all of the things that are necessary on that ongoing basis, right? Their customer pays a fee every month and that company, that IT company delivers a set of services. But what I've seen more often than not, when we look at IT company websites all over the, the country is, you know, sometimes they don't have an SSL security certificate on their website because they just haven't gotten around to it. Or yeah. they don't have an updated blog. Maybe the last time it was updated was 2013 because they just don't have the time or haven't given the thought to it because they're helping their own customers. Right. But what they don't realize is that what this does is it makes them look outdated. It makes them look unsecure, um, you know, on and on and on 
because when their customers are looking to them or referring business to them or potential customers are coming in and starting to look at, yeah, I've heard a lot about this company. Let's go check out their website. And then they're like, oh, this thing is like really outdated or I can't find them on social media or the last time they updated their you know, Facebook page was like three years ago and it starts to really, you know, look like these things are collecting dust within an organization. It does. And it, and it paints an inaccurate picture. So you may know, you know, you're an industry leader, but if you have a pixelated logo and a website that looks like it's from the nineties, yeah. uh, that really tells visitors that you're, you're more of a relic and it makes them kind of second guess. Is this the kind of company that I want to do business with? And so that's never going to seem important in the day-to-day operations of your business. Right. In a, in a client meeting or when you're out serving a client, you're not thinking about your logo at all, most likely. Sure. But these are the kind of things that are going to creep into the sales process and yeah. maybe affect your pipeline as people are making decisions between you and another company. Yeah. And ultimately, as you know, when you're working in a a services industry where you're trying to close a recurring customer that has a pretty large lifetime value for your organization, the quicker that you can speed up that sales pipeline, the easier it is to get prospects into the funnel and get them moving a little bit, you know, further down towards getting a proposal from you or signing a contract or some type of long term commitment, the better. And in all honesty, your, your marketing actions within your organization are what can influence a lot of those different things. Yeah, and every minor differentiator really counts in that kind of in that kind of environment. Absolutely. And so if we just take a look at three things that kind of collect dust in an organization whenever they're short on time, I think we can kind of identify these and walk through them. What what's the first one? So the first one is probably social media. That's fair. I would say that social media the it's actual um, marketing and sales case for being a driver of those things. Uh, that mileage may vary. However, if you have social channels that are just either dormant or you maybe started a Twitter account and then never bothered to tweet <laughs> yep. or you started a YouTube channel and never posted a video. Three videos yeah, over the last any, six years. Yeah. Any of these dusty marketing assets that are just sitting out on the internet may be a little confusing and maybe a little off-putting to people that are trying to research your company as a potential option to do business with. And so you really want a partner, ideally, to come along and help handle those channels because you, as the as the owner of this business, you're not going to be able to manage or yeah, have the have the sanity to log into ten different accounts, <laughs> keep up with all these things. Yep. So you really want somebody to come in and and develop a sound strategy before the tactics are deployed, and then on an ongoing basis, make sure that all those channels are. Fresh. I'm glad you brought up social media specifically, Mark, because I think that a lot of times, you know, now a modern way to be selling is this idea of social selling. And it's it's, you know, enabling your sales team, your business development folks to be present in the social channels where their customers are and then being able to be a part of those conversations. And so, for example, if, you know, Joe Smith at XYZ IT company is a part of the conversation on LinkedIn and is sharing information out to a potential prospect or is sending a, you know, one-to-one direct message by using LinkedIn, you know, premium. Yeah. And uh, that person who gets that message is like, oh, Joe Smith at XYZ IT company. I've never heard of XYZ IT company. And then they click and go look at your company 
Uh, if it's, you know, something that is dismal, it's not going to be something that drives results for you. No. Yeah. And that's a very good point. And, and what a great, what a great idea too to do the kind of personal outreach on LinkedIn. We have a, we have a webinar from likes to leads that we'll, we'll that's link true. to in the show notes. Yeah. That's a great idea. Uh, speaking of leveraging social media, because you're right there, there are really effective ways to use this. Yeah. But the moment you start that conversation, as you just alluded to, People are going to do their own research and you want to make sure that they're going to like what they find. Right. And, you know, I hear all the time, Mark, that, oh, we're in a B2B business like Facebook is not where we need to be advertising. And let me be honest with you. Facebook and Instagram is where I spend most of my time. Most of my friends who are business owners spend their time there as well. Not doing business. They're just doing life there. It's part of their life. Taking pictures of their kids, checking in with their aging parents, doing things that are part of life. And all the time I see just in time, right at the right moment advertisements based on my search behavior, based on things that are interested or interesting to me that apply to my business. And even though it may be 830 at night and I'm sitting at home just, you know, hanging out on my couch, watching TV, scrolling through Facebook, something catches my eye that draws me into that potential you know business. And then I request more information and then I don't look at it that night. But the next day at work, it's in my email waiting for me, ready to go. So, like, I just want to make sure when we're Talking about things like social media, if you're in the B2B space and you're serving other businesses, uh, don't dismiss, you know, platforms like Facebook, um, platforms like Instagram and, and all of those things. And you're looking at this this, you know, growing group of people that are, you know, millennials obviously are on social media. But Gen Z, who's now exiting college and starting to enter the workforce and starting Has to make those power starting to make those buying decisions for companies or at least at the very least those vetting decisions for companies, maybe not the purchasing power, but being able to like, you know, look through the options for things. Um, I mean, they're using platforms like Snapchat, you know, they're using TikTok, they're they're doing these, you know, these uh, video social media platforms. So long story short, you can't let your social media platform sit there and collect dust because you don't think that it's a pipeline for new leads. It is absolutely a pipeline for building credibility, for getting, um, you know, people to who are coming in to kind of vet and see what you're, you know, what you're all about and just to see if you're a relevant organization. Yeah. And, and really to your point also, for anyone that is sitting there and thinking, well, Jason, you're, you're one person that maybe you're not typical like I'm far from typical, but <laughs> I would I would say to those people, though, it's it's an old school approach. But if your competitors have an opportunity to be there and you're choosing not to be, that's an advantage that they have over you. Why would you not make sure that you are everywhere on all available free channels? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, of course, spend for advertising on Facebook sure. and LinkedIn and Instagram, sure. but you can also just have a presence right. for no money. Right. So even if it's not, if you can't draw an immediate through line to a large pipeline of leads, why give a competitor the opportunity yeah, yep. to be somewhere that you aren't? Exactly. Exactly. The second thing on this list is we're thinking about, you know, just talking through three 
um, you know, things that collect dust when you're kind of short on time in your business. I got to bring up the blog as number two, because I see so many companies with good intentions when they start a blog. Right. Oh, yeah. And so many companies think that I'm going to I'm going to, you know, get into this creating content game and I'm going to start posting and, you know, let's do one a week and, you know, we'll have, you know, Jim from, you know, HR write a post on our team and and we'll have, you know, (laughs) Julie over in IT, you know, she'll write a post on why we're the, you know, have the best security and 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 then I'll, I'll write a bunch of posts and it'll be great and we'll do this. And then, you know, usually what happens is that first post comes out. Yes, it's great. That second post comes out the following week. Absolutely. And then <laughs> there's, you know, two or three weeks and then the third post comes out and it's it's good. It's fine. And then there's nothing to follow. It just dries up. It goes to the back burner. The business owner says, oh, my gosh, what was I thinking? I don't have time for this. Right. It can be bumped. I'm doing these other things. I'm going to that trade show next week. Maybe I can write it on the plane. But eh, I doubt anybody's really going to our blog anyway. Like, yeah, that's you. that's the thought process that happens. And the reason I know that is because, Mark, before I hired you, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be honest here. At one fire, we started a content strategy and said, yes, we can blog. Let's do it. And then it dried up. And I said, oh, my gosh, we have to have help to do this. Yeah, that's a great point. And and as someone that does do a lot of writing in the course of their job, uh, let me tell you, there's an enormous difference between thinking about sitting down to write and sitting <laughs> down to write doing it. I know there are two very different things. You can gas yourself up and think, yeah, this blog and that blog and this one. And yeah. but actually sitting behind and your laptop it. and putting your fingers on the keys, and doing it effectively. Too. Yeah. And, and having yeah. those words flow from you is a is a totally different story. It takes a lot of brain power. It takes a lot of energy. It's not something that if you're a busy owner of a business. You tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah, tell you the last you can time attest. I sat down and blogged for us. Um, but, <laughs> it's you know, tough. you know, the point is, though. You know, thankfully, I recognize that we needed somebody to do that for us. And we are a content creation company now that kind of evolved out of that decision to make a few strategic hires internally. And I don't expect you, you know, our our listener to go out and hire somebody full time to be a writer for you like that is not a good investment of your money. But when you look at companies like ours that have a team of writers on our staff. Right. And that's a service we provide. Just look at partnering with somebody on the cheap like us to be able to produce this content for you on an ongoing fashion and not just do it. Like people are not coming to your website, clicking on your blog and just reading it. Like that's not the point of a blog. The point of a blog now is all about search. It's about driving search traffic to your website from platforms like Google. So that when people have a question and they go to Google, you are answering that question through the Google search result and you become the, you know, the de facto resource for that answer. And it's important to understand the, the, uh, you know, tech behind that, um, you know, how to do topic cluster modeling and pillar pages and, and tying all those things together, understanding that Google uses artificial intelligence now and how you can make sure that you're, you know, writing the right type of content to rank higher in that. All of those things go into writing a blog post now so that it's effective and not just a waste of your time, resources, and potentially money. Right. 
Right. And while SEO is certainly the, the biggest reason to start blogging, you can also use some of these articles for sales purposes. So true. You can strategically send the content right nurturing. piece of content yes. at the right moment to somebody. Yeah. So if somebody has expressed interest or you know they keep on returning to a page on your website about a particular service or they've expressed to you in person, hey, I'm kind of struggling with this, how great would it be to be able to send an article that addresses that exact pain point that right. you, know, you just happen to have on hand? Right. Oh, hey, <laughs> yeah. you know, I know this came up the other day. Uh, here's an article here's something about it. we haven't write yeah. about this a while back. Yeah. Or, for example, if you've got a prospect that you're working or you're trying to close for for a deal, maybe a large deal that's going to take you several months to close, you know, working with a content team to produce a blog post that directly specifically addresses their pain points and challenges right. so that you publish it and so that you, you know, create the opportunities for them to see it, it's going to position you as the answer to their problems. You're just speaking their language. Yeah, so that's a pretty good place to be. There's a lot of strategies around that. But my point is you can't start blogging and then stop. And if you do not have a blog or some type of ongoing content on your website today, it is mission critical to do that as you're heading into 2020. So Agreed. start thinking about how you budget for that next year and how you can either bring a resource onto your own team, how you can work with some freelancers or how you can work with a professional company that can make sure that it's strategically built in a way that's going to drive true value and, and business results for you. Good point. So the final and third um, area that ends up collecting dust, and we've touched on this a little bit already, but it's, of course, your website, yeah. the, the digital storefront, yep. uh, how you are probably most most prominently represented on the internet to yeah. all of your prospects. Yeah, and I think oftentimes, and I'm guilty of this too, you know, I in a in the course of a week I'm so busy doing other things I'm not going to my own website as long as it's alive and right. available to the public you know I'm I'm just not going there but it is incredibly important because it is the representation of your company and sometimes the very first impression that anybody gets of you. Yeah, that's a great point. And we've had positive feedback on our site. People come and say, "Wow, I you know, you look it looks really slick." That's good. That gives people the impression off the bat. Okay, they these these people know what they're doing. Especially, I mean, in our business, I would say it's a it's especially important. But for any business that wants to appear like they're paying attention, right? Having a website that looks modern is easy to navigate. Doesn't have a lot of broken links. Yep. Has CTAs, those calls to action, very clearly, you know, placed so that right. you can actually drive leads from your website. Clear language, updated imagery, yep. all of these things make a do make an impression and let the public know. Okay, this is this is a company I want to know a little bit more about. Sure. Or yikes, you know, this is a company that <laughs> I can away. cross off the list. Yeah. Well, I also think that a lot of business owners fall into this trap of thinking that people just aren't searching in, you know, well, my customers aren't using Google to try and find me. Well, you know, that may be true. They're not specifically looking for a, a managed IT provider. Um, you know, they don't know to type that into Google. But what they are looking for is how do I save money in my business? Right. Or they're looking for things like, man, how do I protect myself against a data breach? Or, you know, how do I pass this, um, you know, banking test? Um, around IT or how do I stay HIPAA compliant? Like all of these different questions, you know, potential companies are searching. And the trick is, how do you how do you show up in those results? And when you do show up in those results and they land on your page, 
is it the first impression that you want people to have? Yeah, these are great questions to, to ask yourself. Even a salesperson, I can't tell you how many times, I mean, I will send a cold email to a prospect and I get a notification through HubSpot that they've opened the email, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then I also get a notification that they have clicked through to our website from my signature to find out who is this one fire guy and what do they do and how could it possibly be related to what I need? And so, boom, within an instant of a cold outreach, that prospect is on my website and seeing if we're legitimate or not. Yeah. And so every piece of that website has to be polished. I can't have outdated blog content. I can't have, you know, not enough opportunities for them to learn the information that they need. All of that has to be buttoned up. And a website is a living, breathing organism. You have to take care of it. You have to make updates to it strategically. If you're running new promotions, they have to be reflected on your website. If you've got, um, you know, uh, this, if you have a, a business where you sell the same thing over and over and you don't think you need to update your website, put some type of a strategy in place quarterly so that at least you can refresh all of the pictures, change around some of the organization, do a little A-B testing to see which performs better, and just be able to have a fresh presence every time that people are, are visiting your site. Yeah. Make sure that even people that have landed on your site more than once are, are looking at something different. Are the pictures of the employees updated? Is it right? Are the are the things that you offer updated? <laughs> right. That's a that's a potential disaster that I, I see happen pretty often. Yeah. Where oh, yeah. somebody's advertising something that they this, don't they don't they do. don't have. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, Mark, what's the 10 second takeaway here today? So the 10 second takeaway is that you as a business owner feel overburdened already. There's no sense in trying to fit marketing tactics onto your plate. Instead, you should find a partner who can take the actions for you, keeping your digital assets and your business looking fresh. And I'll tell you, one fire could be that partner. We may not be that partner, but if you want us to take a look at what you're currently doing, do a little audit. You know, we do that all the time for free. Just yeah, make some recommendations. Yeah. So feel free to reach out. Our contact info's in the show notes as well. But thank you so much for listening today to the Grow Up Podcast. We uh, look forward to talking to you next week. See you then. Thanks for listening to Grow Up. For more information about the topics discussed in today's show, visit onefire.com slash grow up. This has been a One Fire production. Thank you.